0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
2: All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance.
3: Howdy CMOS girlies. Happy Halloween weekend. Or wait, you're going to hear this podcast on Halloween, the 31st. Crazy times. It's October turning to November. Time is not real.
1: How are you doing, Emma? I'm doing good yeah it was Saturday ween this past weekend which Saturday ween always- whoa I gotta stop you have never heard anyone say that before okay I have never said this until I met my boyfriend and that was that is what he references the Saturday or the weekend before Halloween I don't know if this is like common language amongst, I think that's just a him thing um <laughs> New Yorkers or maybe it's just like a millennial Saturday- thing but now it's like all I can say it's like fully in my vernacular now since I have been hearing it since October
3: ween oh my god um
1: yeah it's kind of goofy i feel like halloween's such a big deal in new york because you've got all the broadway and artsy folks who are just like into dressing up and like having a good time i've never been a big halloween person personally um but my boyfriend is we had plans to have a big party but then that not happened because a lot of people were out of town um and then our day kind of got destroyed from us getting invited to this restaurant that one of these ladies that swims at the pool with us owns, I guess. And she's like in her 70s. She's very, very sweet. And she invited us to her sushi restaurant that she owns that we had no idea that she even owned. And um, we get to the restaurant. We sit down. We just think it's going to be like us two vibing, just getting like a free meal. But then in comes another woman who we swim with. And she's also like in her 70s. So we had like a senior citizens lunch at 11 a.m. And we had like sushi We had like two different types of salads and then the owner of the restaurant or Henny, who's her name, she like ordered us all these additional dishes. So we had like chicken teriyaki, we had scallops, we had Wagyu beef. And so after eating that strange smorgasbord of food at 11 a.m., we were like a little defeated after that point. Our stomachs were like, there's a lot going on here. So we ended up just taking it easy, did not partake in any Halloween festivities but you know it's always nice waking up and not feeling regretful of staying out too late or like maybe having one too many drinks so it's been a wild weekend with lots of strange food moments but how are you doing good so no costume from Emma did you guys end up buying costumes and stuff or no um we did not end up dressing up or doing anything at all we were like you know what this is not our year for us so yeah we just went to a little wine bar had a glass of wine and then I think we're in bed at like nine thirty per usual Yeah, I feel like Halloween is just,
3: I think my hypothesis on why it's so big in the city is because it's just hard to ignore. Like, even if you don't want to be related to Halloween, you'll just see people walking around in costumes. Um, I went out on Thursday and Friday. I didn't go out Saturday. I was like, wait, I'm running the marathon. I need to, like, go to bed. My whoop thinks I'm dead every single day I wake up. Like, my recovery score is, like, negative, (laughs) almost in the negative these days. Um, But, yeah, went out, saw some friends. I haven't gone out in the city prior to my dad passing prior to like me ending this other like relationship thing so I haven't been out since July and it just felt really weird to like walk through the Lower East Side and I was like oh my god like what I forget what this all is like I didn't even know what to like wear and stuff but that was fun and then I was Dorothy which was kind of a cop-out costume but mainly I didn't wear my Snoopy costume which I feel like people could probably guess because it's massive and I don't think it would fit in Like, Mm -hmm. any sort of establishment. But people were disappointed. My two friends that are, like, DJs are like, where's Snoopy? And I'm like, bro, he's, like, at home. Like, he's crumpled up in the corner of my apartment. But Halloween is on... Tuesday I'm getting dinner with friends and then I think after that I'm gonna meet up with other friends that are going out and I'm gonna wear my Snoopy costume um they're all going as chicken nuggets and then someone's gonna try to be Grimace and they're like Snoopy matches with that crowd like they're doing like a a group costume and I'm just gonna be Snoopy which is not related but yeah I think I've seen a lot of good like very intentional costumes on TikTok that are so funny like moments in movies like I saw someone be Esteban and um Whatever from Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, the one Mm -hmm. episode, and they like do the whole skit. Like, I've seen so many inventive things. I've just been DMing them to my sister. So I'm impressed with people. But it's one of those things where, like, if you go to a party with a really like niche costume and no one knows, I also saw another favorite and it was the person who dressed as a meme of that grandpa with the paint on his
1: mouth. Yeah. I have a friend who did that too. Like, I
3: love that, but it's like kind of shitty if no one gets your costume. But I also saw someone else have a take that was like, look, you need to do your Halloween costume for you. And if no one understands it, then like it doesn't matter, which I totally agree with. Like, if no one likes your little niche meme costume, then whatever. But let us know if you guys did anything health and wellness related. Like, was anyone JT's Dave? Was anyone um, Bob's Red Mill? Was anyone? I said someone tagged us in a photo and they had an Erwan bag on them. And I thought that was a really good costume. But some of you guys need to dress up as just a CMOS girly. Like if anyone asks like, what are you? I'm a CMOS girly. Just carry around a pillow, a bottle of fucking magnesium the whole night and be like, I'm a CMOS girly.
1: Yeah. Carry a bottle of magnesium, wear your merch if you own it, which also I'm hoping people have like received their merch that we did from that one, um, our most recent drop. I haven't seen any photos of anyone of their stuff, but I'm like hoping that those have been delivered. Um, Yeah. Wear your CMOS girly's merch, carry magnesium uh carry a japanese sweet potato around with you or maybe even just like print out our logo oh, our God. podcast logo on and just like tape it onto um a white t-shirt that would also be kind of iconic so last minute um ideas for the sea grillies yeah i don't I think i'm going to be doing anything for halloween on the 31st but like i said halloween is not my holiday at all um, but definitely looking forward to the holiday season for sure. Um, kind of getting into other intro topics. I obviously touched on my my wild food moment on Saturday. Um, my other thing is that don't sleep on herbs. I feel like I often forget to buy herbs and I'm always like trying to find ways to spice up my meals and salads. And I bought dill the other day and I just like made a very simple salad and just like added so much dill. And I was like, oh, wow. I forgot like how much herbs can enhance any type of meals. Uh, cilantro is also pretty solid, but I think like herbs are just like an easy thing to overlook in the grocery store. Um, So this is my friendly reminder to treat yourself to an herb. Just make sure you use all of them because I know I am guilty of like buying like a massive thing of cilantro and then like using it once. And then it all just like wilts and I get sad. And then my last point is that I desperately need to book a massage. I don't ever really do my theragon as much anymore just because it's like honestly something that I forget to do and I'm like never home. and I also just like don't ever foam roll anymore either because again, I'm like never home. but I like did a good. Theragun session this morning and I have so many knots in my body and I realized that like Emma just because you swim does not mean that like your muscles are not sore or fatigued and that like you're like totally safe from like not developing any muscle knots um so Maybe I treat myself to massage. I did enjoy the lymphatic drainage that I did up at the Satan Sound Place in the East Side, and it's, like, almost November, almost my birthday month, so, like, maybe I treat myself. Um, if CMOS release have any New York City wrecks, defs let me know. I feel like I'm definitely in the dark when it comes to anything related to that world.
3: Yeah, the massage rack. I definitely am going to get one after the marathon. I've been to this place that was on
1: Class Pass because that's how I book all of my
3: scam treatments. Not scam treatments. The app is just kind of weird, like all the stuff you can get. But that's a whole separate rant. I feel like I've made that rant on this podcast before. But I've gone to this place called Brisk and Posh in Soho. And the guy that I got did a really good job. So that's a good spot that I've been to. Um, I'm getting my teeth whitened tomorrow. Some random fucking email was like, hey, girly, want to come get your teeth whitened for a TikTok? And I was like, honestly... My teeth be yellow these days. Like I'm, I don't know. I just need like a teeth cleaning, I suppose. And then Tuesday, I'm getting a manicure because I had class pass credits once again. So I'm getting some little spa moments before the marathon. Um, my family's coming into town on Friday. I'll be staying at a hotel for the weekend, which I'm really excited about. Doing working with a brand the whole weekend, so like I'm running the race and then also doing a lot of content and events and partnerships and stuff. So the race is obviously something that's like top of mind, is like a not a concern, but like what I'm there for. But it's also kind of like a work weekend for me. Like there's a lot that I have to do outside of just the physical running, which is all stuff I'm very excited about. Like it's going to be the most exciting weekend of my life, but I'm right now like so stressed out about all the shit I have to do. So that's kind of all I've been doing. My only other note is that I went to Wegmans, which is in Ast in on Astor Place in New York City. Um, they've started constructing it like three years ago, not doxing myself, but I live pretty close to it. And so I've been seeing the construction and I'm like, there's no way in hell they're going to fucking finish this. So they renovated this old Kmart that connects to a subway and that Kmart was like a mess. Like you would go in there and it would just be like stuff on the floor, like chaotic, like weird lighting, like always like a fist fight happening vibes, like not safe Kmart. So they converted it to a Wegmans and it has been crazy. I've probably been there five times. And like the self-checkout is so nice. The food is so nice. The hot bar, like... I've been telling myself it's like the air One of the East. Like it seems good. I don't know. Maybe it has like fucking seed oil everywhere. I need that like seed oil, like account, whatever. What is it? Seed oil scout. It's like yeah, someone, made an app. Scout, yeah. Yeah, someone made an app in New York city to rate which restaurants use seed oil. I'm like, Jesus, like, do people have like day jobs? Like what, what is that? But maybe Wegmans doesn't use seed oil. Who knows? Who cares? I don't really care. It's amazing. And I highly endorse it. And I would say go there um, if you live in New York
1: city. Yeah, I desperately need to take a trip there. Maybe I do that. They also have like weekend. supplements.
3: They also have supplements in the basement and like they have magnesium, they have psyllium husks, like they have like advanced shit. Like uh, they have all of the protein powders you could want. They have quest bars, like it's there's a lot of shit there. I went and got Epsom salt from there today, so it's kind of nice being able to do all of your grocery shopping in one place versus like seven fucking places around the city. So, yeah. I will be a regular at Wegmans um today's episode we have a few random topics one of them for me is ibs we're talking about hormonal acne um if you're curious we've been just doing these question and answer podcasts like i think we have a lot of questions either in geneva or like some to our like email i suppose but mostly geneva and instagram dm people are sending us questions and we've just been keeping a running list of them and i think this is a good way for us to talk about like health and wellness stuff for like a good 10 minutes each and it's not too overwhelming it's not too in depth and you know we can see what you guys care about and what topics are of interest to you so yeah we're excited with the new the new format for you girlies
1: yeah we've done a lot of episodes on so many topics and i think it's just good if you're like i just want to hear 10 minutes of someone talking about IBS we're here for you. And if you already know about IBS, but you want to know more about hormonal acne, um, so definitely keep the questions or any suggestions it, coming in, whether on the DMs or like Kate said in Geneva, even our personal Instagram accounts, and we'll definitely add it to the list and get to it at some point in this podcast.
3: At some point, um, I will call you back and then we'll get into the lovely listener questions.
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: Our next partner is a product that Emma and I take every single day. I started taking athletic greens because I wanted to find a greens powder that actually blended together. The taste is hands down the best greens powder I've been able to find. It even has a mild tropical taste and you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, adaptogens, you name it.
1: For me, I started taking athletic greens because I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. I've always known that taking a greens powder is a great addition to one's wellness routine, but I could just never get past the unpleasant taste. This completely changed once I started taking athletic greens. It tastes so good that I actually look forward to drinking it every morning, something I never knew was possible. Plus, Athletic Greens contains dairy-free probiotics. And let me tell you, my digestion has never been better.
2: Another thing that Emma and I love is that it's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of best
1: products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health.
2: To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go visit athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional
3: insurance hello c musc welcome back we are in the meat of the episode we're going to start talking about ibs um did we make ibs merch at one point i feel like i've seen it i know we've
1: made ibs memes um we've made so many different we've types made like, of merch slogans yeah we've made like and microbiome I know we did, yeah i think we did a gut microbiome i think we were thinking about doing ibs but we were like we can't we can't jump on this trend too hard. Um, yeah,
3: I feel like the trend has been everywhere, um which is my first topic of like why everyone has IBS now, which I feel like is a joke on the internet, and people are like, I have IBS, whatever. But it is true that more people than ever have IBS now. Um, To kind of backtrack about IBS generally, the first description of this condition was back in 1820. But like the term irritable bowel syndrome didn't come into popular use until 1944. So it is like a new thing. But IBS is very symptom based. And there's like no single test to diagnose if you have IBS you would get like one-on-one help. Like you'd go to the doctor, you'd run a blood test, you'd run this test, that test. So it has been around forever, but it definitely has become much more popular like recently, which I'll kind of get into with like my hypothesis, why everyone has IBS. Um, there is a difference though between IBS and IBD. So IBS is something that's temporary. It's this temporary imbalance of bacteria in your gut. Likely it's brought, brought on by things like food and stress, and it kind of becomes hard for people to you know, go through the self-diagnosis process of like what is triggering what. I think with any sort of like intestinal stomach issue, it's really hard because it could be simply like you drank too much water and then you ate food or it could just be like, oh, I ate a little bit of food and I was stressed out and then I have stomach pain. And so to sort of like pin it all down to IBS is pretty difficult. Um, If you have something like IBD, that is a much more serious diagnosis. That's like serious problems in your digestive tract that you have to like work on to heal that gut bacteria over time. Interestingly enough, besides the memes, IBS is actually more popular, not more popular, more commonly found in women. Up to 14 to 24% of women struggle with IBS in comparison to just 5 to 19% of men. And kind of the hypothesis of like why women have more issues. Um, the One of the main reasons is that like women have a menstrual cycle. And so menstrual cramps can often make Like any sort of like IBS symptoms worse because it's all just happening down there in your stomach and your uterus and everything. So you just kind of feel like shit if you have IBS and then also like you're on your period. Um, My other guess is that I feel like women are more this is like a this is not conspiratorial, but this is just like a thought. Women are more likely to have eating issues, right? Women are more likely to have done something to damage their metabolism in their life. Women are more likely to probably gone on some fad diet, to cut their calories, to try to do like wacky stuff. When you do any sort of like restrictive food habit, that can change your gut. Like pot, And you can, you know, heal your gut. Like, it's not like you're on some path forever. Like, I'm able to eat, like, different stuff now than when I was 17 and had, like, a restrictive eating disorder. So that's not to say, like, you can't ever have, like, a normal gut again. But I think a lot of women have, like, this kind of chronic dieting experience. And then when it comes to, like, gut health, if you're restricting food and then the next day you try to go eat, like, a proper amount of food... Yeah, it's going to upset your stomach because you've totally changed like what's going on in there. So that's just something to say from like a preventative angle that once again, if you think like, I have problems with my eating disorder and I want to fix it, this is another reason to recover like IBS sucks having stomach pain sucks. And if you're doing anything that's like a restrictive habit, it can make this even worse. Um, But IBS overall, what it means, I guess I didn't define it yet. It's basically just inflammation in the gut. You can't process food that well. And it becomes very frustrating because it's all like symptom based. There's nothing you can really do besides like change your diet and lifestyle like over time and some of the reasons they say why like IBS is more popular now than in the past is because like stress of the modern life it's something that goes kind of like under the radar that we don't talk about or it's like hard to I guess it's hard to tangibly like link stress to like a stomach pain because I feel like we all have stress at different points of every single day antibiotics are another reason why people can have like issues with their gut Um, you know that's why like people take probiotics and that's why like people are trying to heal their gut bacteria is because we've been so reliant on that and like the Western medicine, Western medical establishment. And then just like the food system being shitty. Like it's really hard to control once again, what you eat and like feed your gut with Diverse fruits and vegetable. When we have like so much inequality in our food system, like so many people can't access those things. So many people can't access fermented foods. And then when you look at like people that even can access food, like the the nutrients and the nutrition in our food quality is so much worse because of soil and climate change, which we've done a few podcast episodes on. So that should be no shock to any of the Seamus Girlies. And then lastly, like why everyone has IBS. Back to the point on stress. Like, there's this huge connection between the gut and the brain, which I think we've done on an episode as well well, about the gut-brain access, but, like, everyone is depressed these days, and I've seen a lot of, like, memes on TikTok about, like, if World War III starts, like, uh, gen z is so disqualified for the draft because like everyone has like anxiety or depression or something like that and it's true like that's like a joke obviously and like kind of crude to laugh about but there is a huge connection between your gut and your brain and so if your gut is off it can lead to so many other things or vice versa like if you find yourself in a pit of depression like your relationship with food and digestion might be a little bit different um i also was listening to a podcast by i want to say i think it was like the max lugare or Lugarve, whatever his name is um I'll look it up after this but they were talking about probiotics and the guy was talking about IBS and they're making a big point that you should check where your probiotics are coming from like don't just blindly go to the store and buy whatever probiotic is there because a lot of probiotics don't go through like rigorous lab testing and if you have any sort of like gut condition the first thing that like a doctor will probably not a doctor but like any sort of nutritionist or like holistic practitioner will tell you to do is to go do stuff that is good for your gut they're probably going to tell you to go get on a probiotic and so On the podcast, they were talking about like if you go and just buy a random probiotic, it's probably not lab tested and it can actually lead to more issues down the line. Probiotics can be like very effective at treatment treatment of the symptoms of IBS. But if you also suffer from SIBO, which is the small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, which is like those things kind of go hand in hand. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. If you have SIBO, probiotics may actually worsen this digestive discomfort you're experiencing. It just adds more bacteria, kind of like adds more fuel to the fire that's like going on. Um, and so probiotics can actually be like risky to get on if you have like SIBO. And so that's why a lot of this with like IBS, it's like very one-on-one and individual and like an action plan perspective. Like if you test negative for SIBO, then like probiotics will be an excellent treatment option for IBS. But if you have SIBO and then you go on probiotics, like you could end up in a worse situation. So that's kind of like why people have IBS. It's like the food system sucks, stress, we're all on antibiotics. Um, It's very common these days and there's a lot you can do, but once again, it's going to be all kind of Individual, in terms of like fixing your IBS,
1: yeah, and I think like a lot of people like to claim that they have IBS, even though what they're really just experiencing is like very normal bloating after a meal. And of course, there is a point where like too much bloating can actually be like a true issue that's actually tied to IBS. But like, if you're like bloating a little after a meal, like that's totally normal because there's now food in your stomach and your stomach is intended to expand. But if it's like more of like that balloon feel, or if you just like feel like there's rocks in your stomachs, or again, like pain, like Kate said um that is definitely like a sign that you're probably experiencing some sort of irritable bowel syndrome symptom or just like general indigestion i know for some for me like i just get, like will get hit with like random indigestion it's like i don't even know why cuz i have been like eating these foods all my entire life but with like a lot of these type of symptoms you know like ibs is definitely like a symptom of a deeper rooted cause and it's not like the disease itself so it's like something that you definitely have to look more into and like luckily it is something that can be fixed but it does just take so much um, trial and error because there's not really any one protocol just because again like everyone has such a different gut microbiome and like our bodies are all just going to react to different protocols. But I think like, if you are experiencing like weird discomfort, discomfort, like all of a sudden, like definitely write it down and maybe write down like what it is you ate and then like try eating that meal again, like a few days later. And if you experience the same thing, then like you can start to kind of do like a process of elimination. And, you know, like I think peppermint tea is like really, really great for at least soothing the stomach. If you do feel like you're like experiencing bloating or like stomach pain, Um, Or even just like hot water with like some apple cider vinegar and lemon. I know people like bloat pills I have never really found those to be all that helpful but like digestive enzymes can also be a good thing just to carry around to help you like break down certain foods if you don't have the correct enzyme to maybe break down like dairy or a, a protein. And then there's also like so many like stomach massages that can always feel good if you're experiencing any crazy pain. So there is like so much more stuff that you can use and like there's so many more resources online for you to like reference to at least like help eliminate some of the symptoms. But yeah, IBS is no no bueno. I feel like I've been pretty good recently with like the stomach, the stomach issues, but you know, it just like comes out of nowhere and you're like, what the hell is going on? Um Kind of getting into hormonal acne now, everyone's like favorite topic. I feel like I still experience this here and there. And it's like something that's like very relatable for probably a lot of C scrillies. Um, so kind of getting into like where it's typically found. So like in puberty, I don't know how young or CMU are, but if you are going through puberty, you might be experiencing more hormonal acne around like the T-zone area. And then as you kind of enter your adulthood era. It's more common to find it on, like, the bottom of your cheeks or around your jawline or, like, the tried and like, chin acne, which nobody loves. And really, like, how hormonal acne happens, it's really just from a trigger from, like, an influx in hormones from your menstrual cycle or if you have PCOS or any increased androgen levels. And also, if you're in menopause, you can also experience hormonal acne just from this fluctuation of hormones. And really, it's just like this fluctuation can cause like skin inflammation, clogs in skin cells, and just like production of acne causing bacteria. And those who do menstruate typically why we do end up seeing hormonal acne around like the time closer to our period, such as our luteal phase is just because there's a drop in estrogen and progesterone. And so when these two hormones drop, this essentially will trigger the glands to secrete sebum and also to, like, women do have testosterone levels, which I think is something that many of us forget about. And having certain, like, levels of t- testosterone levels can also trigger sebaceous gland sensitivity. And I think for me, sometimes I get frustrated when I get hormonal acne I'm like, I'm a CMS really, I eat so well, like, I drink a ton of water, like, how am I still experiencing Hormonal acne so i think just like with that being said like just because you're doing everything right does not mean you're like going to be completely absolved and like completely safe from experiencing any of these things like we're all humans we all have hormones and like yes you can do as many of the right things and like the right protocols but like you can still become victim to the hormonal acne similar to like you know if you get shin splits from running like you could be doing all those things and it's just like that is just like the nature of like being a human and doing certain things but different ways to treat um so the Thing with like most over-the-counter products that you might see or might be tempted to buy is that like they may not actually be as helpful as you would think just because hormonal acne is usually like cystic bumps. So it's like more underneath the skin. Things that can be helpful though are like retinoids, AHA, tea tree oil, and just like also eating high antioxidant foods that can help like reduce this inflammation. Because again, with this fluctuation of hormones, it really is just like skin inflammation that is kind of the cause of all of this. And then eating like omega-3s and reducing... Um, foods that kind of increase inflammation. There's also the belief that like regulating your blood sugar can help with reducing any type of hormonal acne or chin acne spikes. Um, So, you know, there's definitely like a lot of different things you can do to look at your diet. And of course, like chin acne can also pop up out of nowhere from like perhaps having dirty pillowcases. And also too, like when I had a When I had my eating disorder and like was not eating enough healthy fats and just not enough food in general, my body was definitely just like freaking out and I had like really crazy hormonal levels. And so like my acne was definitely flaring up through that because that was just like such a crazy inflammation on my body. Um, so again, like, yeah, there's ways to definitely treat it on your own, but of course, like if it is getting to the point where it's like impacting your day-to-day life and if it's like really painful, that's definitely where like a dermatologist can come into play and like, they can definitely do like a closer look at like the skincare that you're using. And I just feel like anything related to skin is like, so overwhelming, at least for me, and especially with like acne and skincare. Um, so like seeing a dermatologist can definitely be helpful and beneficial, but of course, like that is not always going to be like the most accessible path for a lot of people.
3: Yeah. I was going to say in terms of skincare stuff, um, one product that has actually helped a lot that I think I've shouted out in the pod before is by La Roche Posay. It's their Effaclar duo. They have a lot of products. I guess that's like a line by them, the Effaclar line it's helped a lot with like chin acne. I definitely noticed like chin acne for me comes up when I eat like more dairy. It comes up when I eat more processed foods. It comes up when I'm not that hydrated. So like Emma said, it's going to happen. Like regardless if you eat like well, 90% of the time, little things can trigger it. And also I think a bigger thing that I feel like wellness people often forget, like you can't control your environment. Emma and I live in New York City, probably one of the most polluted cities in America. So even if we want to be like Gwyneth Paltrow, like gua sha jade roller yoni egg up my vagina like i like i literally can't solve all the issues because the environment is so bad like i can't be that much of like a wellness person so don't beat yourself up about acne and stuff um i feel like now especially with like social media i feel like you you know, you see all of the products that can cure stuff. And I've never really found like a skincare product besides this Effaclar Duo that's like really worked for me. It's always been like lifestyle stuff, which I feel like is good and bad. It's good because like, oh, a product's not going to save me. But then at the end of the day, it's like, oh, there's like a billion things that could be, you know, affecting my skin. So the next topic is going to be mealtimes in the day. I think someone asked this kind of just talking about like, ways to find, like, food that can, like, work for you, like, programming food throughout the day. Um, And this is no means going to be, like, here's what to eat and how to eat. This is just kind of, like, how I think about food throughout the day or here's some, like, questions I would ask yourself if you're in a place where it's, like, not feeling intuitive. I think most people probably have, like, a sense of, okay, I can eat lunch at this time. This is my lunch break or I have this amount of time between classes or something like that. But then when you think about, like, what you want to eat, like, maybe you're in a meal rut or maybe you just don't know, like, what works for you. I think for me, I've had issues with like portions and size and like time throughout the day. Once again, there's so much health information on the internet that's like, you must intermittent fast and eat all your calories in like a window. And then you have to eat 10 meals throughout the day and there has to be 20 grams of protein at every meal. So If you are looking for like information on the internet about like what's going to be the ideal solution, I'm going to break it to you that there's going to be no ideal solution because nothing is going to be like perfect for you. I will say a good thing about this is coming from someone who's like had an eating disorder is that you can develop hunger cues with time and with patience and with practice. So like once you start eating at the same times every single day for a very long time, once again, it's going to be individual kind of like where your metabolism is right now your body will adapt over time to start to crave food at that time, to be hungry at certain times, to be satiated by different quantities of food. So that should be like a hopeful statement for you guys that if you're in a place where you feel like hunger is so inconsistent or you don't have hunger cues or you feel like you're never full or something like that, here's some things that I think I have kind of tweaked around with mealtimes and Emma will talk about her experience too. For me, in terms of like working out, I always work out in the morning. I have to eat before I work out. I think I've talked a little bit about fasting and hormones for women on my TikTok and it's just not a game that is worth it when you are going into an intensive like workout session and you also are not eating before it that is so much additional stress on your body from the fasting portion of that that it's not your body's not actually reaping any additional stress from that like it's under too much stress to quantify like that was good for me, if that makes sense. I've learned a lot about this from like Dr. Stephanie Estima, who Emma references a lot, as well as just using my WHOOP tracker. And the WHOOP also has a podcast, which I've recently started listening to that talks about recovery and stress. And like, that's my whole take on the fasting thing in terms of like fasted works out, fasting working out. I just like, can't do it at this point in my life. But if it works for you, I'm not gonna not gonna knock it. Um, I typically eat carbs before a workout. And that's something that's pretty typical with endurance training and marathon training like you want to eat carbs like throughout the long runs and stuff like that um post run i fo- i typically just focus on protein i feel like i try to get Um, whether it's like a protein powder, a yogurt bowl, cottage cheese, something of that nature to make sure that I'm hitting at least like 20 to 30 grams of protein. And then snacks. I think whenever I snack, I try to focus on like a diverse amount of what I'm eating. You know, sometimes if you're in a pinch, it's just like, okay, I'm going to have an RX bar or something like that. But if I'm at home and I'm like preparing a snack, I will try to go like girl dinner mode on it. Like I'll try to eat cottage cheese and crackers, or I'll try to eat, Today I had like rotisserie chicken and hummus and carrots and I also had like some chomps and I had like apple slices and stuff like that. So I try to diversify what I'm eating and get at least like two food groups. Um, I think it just adds more balance to like what you're eating more satiation by having like different food groups and then like meal times is gonna be something you have to figure out like I said with, you know, your class schedule, if you're in college or your work schedule, or like working out throughout the day. I know like if someone is like a night workout person, you're probably going to change kind of like how you think about food throughout the day versus myself that works out in the morning. One thing I do try to do is eat the most amount of protein before bed. As you've probably learned throughout like our pod episodes on sleep and recovery and sports man- sports management, sports supplements and shit, um, your body's recovering when you're at rest and when you're sleeping. And so that's like the critical time of repair when you're in that deep sleep, when you're in REM sleep. So it's really important to eat pro- like your most protein, I would say, throughout the day before dinner or if you find yourself that you're still like hungry before bed go for some protein i think that's one thing that really helps you like wind down before bed and kind of get your body into this like rest state And then in terms of, like, eating before bed, I don't, like, really care that much. I mean, I don't ever, like, make dinner at 9 p.m. because I'd frankly just be, like, too tired. But let's say I'm out doing something, getting dinner with friends, and if it's late, like, I don't really care. But I would say, like, weekdays I try not to eat dinner probably, like, two hours before bed just to make sure that I'm digesting it because, like, digestion is an energetic process. And so, like, if you're telling your body, like, to process food, it's going to stay up and stay awake a little bit more. So that's just some food for thought on mealtimes and kind of, like
1: how I would think about it but yeah I'll let Emma say if she has any meal
3: food moments. yeah I mean
1: there's definitely no right or wrong way when to eat or how many meals to eat like everyone is so um, you know, unique in terms to like what their body is going to prefer. And some people like to have like many, many meals throughout the day. Some people just like to have their own three big meals. So, you know, just because you're doing one thing, then you hear something on, you know, a TikTok video or on Instagram or your friend is saying like, oh, I eat this type of way. Like that doesn't inherently mean that you're doing anything wrong or that like they're better than you. And again, I think it's also just going to change really based off of where you are at in life. Like when I was in college and had like really weird class times, like I was eating at very bizarre times of the day. And I think you just kind of like learn over time that it's like, okay, you know what, I'm just going to have to eat whenever it is that I want to eat or like can eat. And sometimes that means like maybe having to eat lunch a little bit earlier, knowing that you're going to have like a three hour long class. I think my biggest two rules are just like, always try to get something in the morning. Like Kate said, it's like definitely not healthy for women to be going for long, prolonged periods of time with fasting. So even if it's just like a spoonful of nut butter and an apple, just because maybe you're someone who like, just doesn't like eating super or like a lot in the morning, just like something small. I think like over time you'll realize you'll feel so much better. And then just also making sure that you don't go to bed hungry. And you know, if you're someone who does go to, or does eat dinner on the earlier side, but you're starting to feel hungry, like maybe 30 minutes before going to bed, definitely just eat something small, whether it's just like a little bit of protein or a handful of nuts, that'll just like allow you to actually sleep throughout the night and not wake up in the middle of night, feeling hungry or like super duper hungry in the morning. And I kind of structure the same way in terms of uh, fuel for workouts, similarly to Kate. Now that I am swimming so much. I definitely prioritize having a small snack beforehand, whether that's just like overnight oats or like a piece of toast with peanut butter, really anything that has carbs that my body can utilize as fuel. And I just have realized over time and I think like recovering from an eating disorder and like orthorexia is that like I do feel so much better during my workouts, when I do eat beforehand, I think for like the longest time, I would just like eat like a little something or not eat anything at all. And I just like was not getting the most out of my workouts. And like, I'm someone who really cares about the performance aspect, not so much like the aesthetic um, benefits of working out. So for me, that's something that I really prioritize. And then, you know, I kind of also try to ensure that I'm getting an equal amount of like protein and carbs and fats in my breakfast and just kind of all my meals throughout the day. And then snacks, it's really like whatever it is that I'm feeling in the moment. So it can really vary depending on my mood. But yeah, there's really no right or wrong way. You can definitely develop good hunger cues after eating disorder stuff. Definitely do that with like some sort of professional. But there's also like many like guides online. And then getting into our last point just like someone was asking about like our favorite wellness and health resources. There's so much information on the internet that it's honestly like so overwhelming. And if you're someone who is just getting into health and wellness and maybe confusing where to start or like who to trust, I definitely recommend, you know, just kind of like doing your research on the person that you're listening to see if they have any like personal gains or like, if they have any sponsorships, like really like look into look into those and just see if like, those are like brands or companies or corporations that you also believe in align. And align with, um, and I think like when it comes to listening to podcasts or reading books or like following any creators on the internet, make sure that they are like people that like seem relatable to you. And like the information that they're providing is like relevant to like who you are as an individual. Like I know for the longest time I was like listening to like super random podcasts from like Dave Astor. I'm like, I am not like a middle-aged man that is like into biohacking. So like, why am I listening to this information? Like, yes, it can be interesting, but also it's like not relatable and like not stuff that like I can really implement into my own personal life. Um, I've broken this down kind of just into like podcasts and books. I don't really go on to many like websites or read any blogs, but I'm sure there's plenty out there um, for podcasts. There's Mind, Body, Green. I think they just touch on like a lot of different um, subjects. They also have like a really great, like a bunch of like really great guests on their podcasts as well. I enjoy Jason, Jason Wyckhoff, who is like the person who hosts the show. Um, better with Dr. Stephanie. I think she's really great at like tailoring a lot of like health and wellness stuff solely to women just because I think like a lot of the podcasts are typically uh, hosted by like men. They often don't touch on like women and like health um, as much. Mark Hyman, he can be controversial at times, but I think like he does cover a good range of topics and like he's like so straightforward with a lot of the information that if you're like new to health and wellness, like that's just like an easy person to start with. And he has like a few books that are pretty good um, The Blonde Files, I just think from like a relatability standpoint, that's a good podcast to listen to, Um, The Art of Being Well, and then Maintenance space as well as more like for entertainment, but they definitely do like history deep dives on like random people that have been like, you know, very trendy in health and wellness spaces, and then they yeah. also go into like different diets, etc., I was going to say some pods that I have looking at mine right now. I started listening to the
3: Drew Perrow podcast. I think that he has on a lot of guests that probably will go on like Mind Body Green. Sometimes there's overlap where if like an author is going on a book tour, you might hear their spiel like a few I realized that. I feel like I and I would be like, "Why is everyone talking about this specific thing?" And it's like, "Oh, because the one author is going on every single fucking health podcast. That's yeah. why." Um, obviously Huberman lab. I don't know if you mentioned that. I feel like that's pretty obvious. I started listening to on purpose with Jay Shetty, which gets a little bit more into just general life kind of like spirituality consciousness shit um this genius life by max lavare is the one that i was talking about before and i like his conversations the art of being well with dr will cole sometimes i like it sometimes i don't they were the podcast that kind of fucked up with that gwyneth paltrow thing about like all i eat is like bone broth or whatever so i think they have like kind of fucked up in the way that they edit guests and edit like the things that they talk about but at the same time they do have like a breadth of information peter atia's podcast the drive is like pretty dry and boring but it is pretty interesting like when my dad was diagnosed with cancer, I went and binged a bunch of those episodes. And I think if you are someone that's looking at medical system, healthcare system, he is a really good podcast. And then my last one would probably be the Whoop podcast. As I mentioned before, they talk a lot about recovery and strain. And it's not just related to like their technology. It's more just related to like recovery generally, which I think most CMOS girlies care
1: about. So I would recommend that one. For sure. And then getting into books. And also if there's other podcasts that you guys listen to, like beyond Seamus Girlies and the ones that we've mentioned, definitely let us know because I know there's so many out there. Um, In terms of books, there's like so many. I like have read a lot more than just this. And I definitely went through a phase where I was listening to like a ton of health and wellness um, books on Libby. So I am not going to be touching on all of them, but some that are like relevant. Metabolical. It's a pretty dense book and it's like honestly pretty dry, but it's like a very, very interesting read. Um, what Your Food Aid definitely touches a lot on like the food system and like soil health and just like how current agriculture has like fucked up our entire like biodiversity of like the soil and the food that we eat. Um, this Is Your Brain on Food is a really good book that kind of looks into like the gut and brain access and like how certain foods can perhaps influence different like mental health related issues. Um, The way we eat now is kind of like another food industry deep dive and then who is wellness for I think is just like a really important book for anyone who does partake in the wellness industry
3: yeah love those. I've been trying to I'm gonna read who is Wellness for soon. I've been doing a YouTube series where I've been reading a book every single week, so I've read sixteen books the past sixteen weeks, and some of the health ones I've read have been outlived by Peter Atia that's all about longevity. Stacey Sims has a few books and resources. She's just a good resource generally about women's health. So her book, Roar talks about like matching your food with fitness, and it's really specific about women's hormones. And then the book "Good for a Girl" is about a woman's running in a man's a man's world. So if you're a female runner, it's probably really prevalent to you. Um, and then another book that I read a while ago is called "Why Woo Woo Works: The Surprising Science be- Behind Meditation and Other Like Hippie Beliefs" or something like that. And it talks about like Reiki. It talks about different healing modalities and it's this guy that was like a psychiatrist and so he's like fully trained in like western medicine but he's like wait no like this stuff has actually healed people of like chronic diseases and shit so we should like take it more seriously so those are some of the the wellness books that I have read recently. But like Emma said, I think we're always looking for what you guys are consuming just because like the internet can be kind of like stupid when it comes to health and wellness stuff. And I think a broader like claim about health and wellness information on the internet, I think where it gets fucked up, and I was going to make a TikTok about this too, I might still make it. I think there's a lot of information on the internet for health and wellness that is a very specific thing that is supposed to cure a very specific ailment. As an example, someone could be like going on about how, oh my God, if you do like berberine, I'm trying to think of like the recent weird trends, like nature's Ozempic berberine. Or if you try this one thing, it will help you lose weight. It'll help you do this. It'll help you do this. These are like specific for a person with a specific problem, but when it gets put on the internet, I think every stranger that gets the video through these addictive algorithms sees a video about Berberine and is like, wait, fuck, do I need to go start taking Berberine now? And so I think very like niche health and wellness information gets cast on the internet as being for everyone. And then I think that's why every single month we feel like there's something new that we have to go buy. There's something new that we have to go like put into our diet. When in reality, like I think- most of the wellness information that actually is accurate for like most of the population is like sleep eight hours walk throughout the day or like walk regularly, get some sort of movement, you know, eat vegetables, maybe take magnesium before bed. Like the the pillars and principles of health and wellness, like most people agree on, but I feel like there's these weird trends that pop up every now and then. And then I feel like that's where, you know, diet culture and all this like weird information kind of spurts about, but yeah, it's kind of hard to avoid, you know, being told that you need a new,
1: pill every single week on the internet oh yes the good old good old wellness industry
3: yes so that's the pod let us know if you liked our little weekly roundup let us know what you're listening to let us know what you're going out for halloween as honestly i'm thinking like why didn't i think of like a sea Curlies related costume like i can see myself being a bottle of magnesium next year um i don't think it's in the cards for me to pull that off in two days but I hope that it inspires some of you guys to come up with CMOS Girlies costumes or last minute ones. Just carry around magnesium with nothing, like with a
1: random outfit on and just say that you're magnesium at a college party. I would love that. Yeah. And if you're also making any like fun kind of healthy related Halloween snacks for any type of Halloween parties, I would love to see that. I feel like I used to like look at all these like weird catalogs and I was a young kid and like look at, I don't know, like people would make kind of I don't know like little like mummy foods out of like crescent rolls and like hot dog weenies so if you're like doing anything you feel like that definitely send us our photos I think like anything that's like related to the holidays and like food is always like a fun thing to look at
3: yeah some quirked up food moments um I know Emma is excited for pumpkin spice season to be done as I am too I'm I'm sick of it y'all are y'all are on to peppermint soon for the holidays but That's that. We love you, CMS girlies. Thanks for listening. Happy Halloween, and we will talk to you next week.